Okay, so beginning in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. This episode, I am picking up from um, eating. I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> that did not go well at all. <laughs> all right. Um, Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Felix and Devin. Guys, how you doing? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? Yeah, well, I think there's going to be a lot of bloopers leading up to just this part of the episode, so doing great. Um, for uh, So, um, just real quick house uh, cleaning, housekeeping. Um, this episode was actually recorded last year, so this is the North OG panel discussion part two which we did sometime last year. I think it was supposed to be like episode 32, which is hilarious. Um, and for some crazy reason, um, I lost it. Um, I don't know between the Zoom backup or Adobe or if it exists somewhere in the cloud. It's, it's just been gone, and it's been pretty hard to like come to you guys with, with uh, you know, with this like humble pie, just, hey, guys, sorry, I lost it. Can we do it again? Uh, but thank you for being willing to do so. And Devin, thank you so much for for being on it, too, and just making sure that this does happen because um, re-listening to the first one um, last season was fun. And fun facts, uh, the first one was actually episode 17, and that's what this episode's going to be. So maybe this was meant to nice. be. But um, yeah, so I guess uh, what we'll do is we'll kind of just – go right into it, starting with just a quick introduction, starting with you, Felix. So just in case, um, this is the first time anybody's ever heard of you, just give us a quick rundown of who you are, what you know from in the dodgeball community, and uh, how long you've been playing dodgeball. Like, why are you an OG? Sure. Um, well, I'm Felix Peroni. I'm uh, currently based out of Columbus, Ohio, but I spent a lo- most of my dodgeball career down in Kentucky. Um, I started playing dodgeball in 2004 uh, through the, the Metro Sports Center, in uh, Evansville, Indiana, which was a 40-minute drive from my hometown of Henderson, Kentucky. Uh, then in 2008, I started at Western Kentucky University, where I ended up playing uh, in the NCBA at Western for six years, two years while I was in undergrad, and then two years while I was in grad school. And so that brings up to 2014. Um, I've been involved with the NCDA, like I said, since 2008. I've been in, in an administrative role since 2009. And um, this is my final year with the NCDA. Unfortunately, I got cut short because of the whole coronavirus deal. But, um, but yeah, so NCDA was a big project of mine for many, many years. And now I'm the treasurer of USA Dodgeball and um, still going strong with that. Awesome. And if, um, wow, I caught myself because if anybody wants to know more about you, I was going to preface it like, why would they want to? <laughs> If, uh, if people want to get to I know get you it. more, yeah, my bad. If people want to get to know you more, um, I think you were like, I forget which episode, but you were early on in season two of, of the podcast. So, um, cause there's definitely a lot of like pre NDL dodgeball goodness that, that we mm-hmm. covered. So, um, for those that want to get to know Felix more, if they haven't already, I mean, you've been in other podcasts, I think, were you with, uh, are you with ball out yet? Have they had you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've yeah been just in, recently. Uh, I think one episode with them. Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of Felix to go around. Um, mm-hmm. then we also have the, uh, the average Joe's podcast, which is the NCDA's podcast. It goes back to 2008. It's, it's pretty old podcast. Nice. Um, and I was the, 
the host of that from 2010 until I think 2013. And uh, that's, that's something I would love to talk about because we recently stumbled um, across some of the, like the older episodes when it was just, it was the wild days of uh, the NCDA was on the wild west because there were no rules. Um, there was no censorship at all. It was just F-bomb, F-bomb, F-bomb. Um, just constantly shitting um, on other teams openly, which, I mean, now we recognize isn't cool, but at that point it was just like, <laughs> eh, nobody's going to get their feelings hurt. Nobody complains. And because that was the truth then. So, oh, the, t- the times have changed. The times but, have uh, changed and things are differently now, And but Pepperidge Farm remembers, right? Yeah, yeah they do. <laughs> they do. Yeah, we definitely, we'll definitely go into that. Um, before we do, though, because I'm trying to figure out where to place it, what, what time frame was that? You said 2008 is when it started? Um, 2008 was the first episode of the Average Joe's podcast, and that was uh, with host Josh Raymer. And then um, now I think Shadid Drakeford and Hunter Ford are the, the host of it, but I was, I was the host from 2010 to 2013. Nice. So suffice to say, you've, you've, you're pretty active in the dodgeball community. You've, you've done a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I mentioned the Gamecocks earlier, but I, I'm, I'm with them also. So if you like yep. memes and live stream dodgeball, check us out. Yep. I actually have a proposition for you that we might talk about later. I might do it offline when it comes to memes. So, it, Is it making fun of Tony Stumpo? Because I'm all for it. I mean, <laughs> I don't feel like anybody needs to propose that to you. I feel like it just needs to happen. So um, screw it. I was just saying, um, I'm noticing... This like player bracket that um, uh, who's doing it? Uh, Kyle, I think, started it. Oh, Kyle Roth, yeah, yeah, I saw Kyle that this Roth. Morning. So I want to do that, but I want teams to to have a meme battle. Ooh, that'd be fun. And I will I will put up some some kind of prize of some sort. So because generally this is what we'd be having. We'd be doing recaps. We'd be doing um, you know teams making fun of other teams, but it's just not happening. So we got to fill that void. But um, yeah. Before we segue any further, I'm so sorry, Devin. So, Devin. Oh, of course. Yes. Hello. Yeah, uh, my name is Devin McManus. I am the captain of uh, Chicago Kaiju, as well as one of the um, like admins and moderators of uh, the Roselle Dodgeball community out in uh, like uh, Roselle, Illinois. Like, it's a suburb of, of, of Chicagoland. Uh, so, I've been out here doing this since 2005, um, and uh like we've been uh, running pretty strong. We also, I was also part of uh, the CCC dodgeball community from 2000, I want to say 2010 till they started uh, having some issues with uh, like low player turnout in about 2020. So <laughs> they had a good run, but Roselle's still going strong. Nice. So we've got a lot of dodgeball experience between the three of us. Oh yeah. That's a uh, bit. A bit, yeah. I remember just just a little bit. I remember me and Felix were kind of arguing about who who played the longest, and then we had Kevin Bailey. I was like, "You guys are old." I was like, "Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making me realize this was not a a battle I wanted to win." But um, I just I just try and make fun of Kevin Bailey as much as possible to make myself feel mm-hmm. young. <laughs> so uh, again, listening to the OG panel and bloopers at the very end, there's like 45 seconds about us talking about why well you guys you and you and cat talking about like why kevin's a terrible person and making fun of dynasty so little little <laughs> easter egg for those of you that want to go back and listen to that so oh lord <laughs> but um well trying to speaking of the the first episode i mean 
we we had um glenn cat and um oh my goodness um brett furlong brett furlong and um unfortunately because of timing and just me not having a very consistent schedule um we were going to have tony stumpo also but um we just we couldn't have them on there but we i didn't want this to go on even longer like at least we have another season go by before we can actually pick up with part two so we're going to kind of just run with this one and see where it goes so in case anybody's wondering what happened to them uh blame me i'm a, I'm a terrible person horrible host and just I bend everybody to my will so um that being said i guess we can kind of pick up with uh well actually before that sorry you know probably said like 15 times already how has uh covid um impacted you guys so Let's start with Felix. So, like, what uh, what's going on within the world right now with you? Uh, honestly, it's been great. Um, <laughs> I I was built for this this isolation life. I like I I know a lot of people are in a really tough position with losing their job and uh, just making their lives difficult, especially if they have children at home. I, I can't imagine. But me personally, like, I I, I really it's been great. Um, I, before all of this started, my job allowed me to work from home two days a week anyways. So now I'm just full-time working from home. Um, since I do, uh, coding and programming, like it, it really doesn't affect me at all as far as from like a work life balance type of issue. And then, um, with, with all the dodgeball being canceled, it's, it's honestly been nice just to have a breather. Um, so it sucks not being able to like go to my Wednesday night practices and, and play on the weekends. But at the same time, it's been really nice just to have a breather and like get some home projects done. Uh, we bought a house last year, so I'm able to finally just like get things done that I've been putting off for a while. Gotcha. So it, in terms of like hardship, thankfully you're one of the few that's been, I don't say few, that sounds awful, but you're one of the guys that you're, you're not, struggling right now it's just more what do i yeah, do with all this and time I, and... I, I am very thankful for that because i know a lot of people are in a really tough spot and i do feel sorry for for everyone who, who's going through a tough time in this but yeah me personally everything's been honestly pretty consistent um so, so it's it's not been a terrible situation for me yeah i mean that's good to hear definitely not trying to make this like a a sad portion of the of the episodes just i mean covid is the massive ele- elephant in the room and going back to what I said earlier, like we're not recapping. So I feel like it's a perfect opportunity to kind of go back to our, our old school roots and, and talk about our past and try to, you know, set this weird timeline that just goes all over the place across the U S and, you know, just focus on the past to look forward to the future as cheesy that probably sounded. But, um, how about you, Devin? How have you been with COVID? Um, it's been all right. Um, I had about a week and a half off before my, uh, my boss called me and was like, uh, well, technically we're essential. So, uh, do you want to come work? And I was like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I'd rather have myself working and getting my, my full pay and have uh cat, uh, be, you know, uh, on unemployment and have at least once like one fully stable in- income coming in and then like have that little bit of a buffer as well. Um, so it's, it's not the worst, but yeah, it does kind of, it, it does kind of suck for, you know, some of my coworkers, and a lot like some of my family members too, who aren't uh, like aren't at work and aren't getting paid. Um, but like it, sometimes you got to do what's best for you and look out for number one. So if your boss mm-hmm. calls you and offers you offers you work, you got to do it. Yeah. But during that week that we had off, uh, 
we got we got a lot of cleaning around the house done. We got took a lot of the house, a lot of the old stuff out and got rid of it or organized it. Did a lot of cleaning. Um, st- I think Cat's starting to get a little bit of cabin fever though. She she just like stares off into space and then all of a, all of a sudden she's uh like I'm like are you okay and she's like oh, I'm just I just want to leave the house. I'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I get that. So we like as long as it's nice out we try and take the dog for a walk or something like that. So. Yeah, my wife's been a little stir crazy. She um, she teaches at a community college, and all of their classes got canceled, um, and so she lost her job. And she's also a yoga instructor, and all of the yeah. yoga studios are closed down. So she does one virtual class a week, and that's it. Um, yeah. The other day, the other day, she's like, "I'm gonna go for a run." I was like, "Okay, um, it's pouring outside." She goes, "Yeah, it's it's fine. I just need to leave the house." So she <laughs> ran like six go. miles in the rain. <laughs> It's like no, it's perfect out. weather to run. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah, but it's also a good time to like if you if you like you know we're, yeah obviously we're not getting like our practices in because like it shut down a couple like local like small tur- like uh like random tournaments we had going on here, but like it's also good like for people that don't take care of themselves like unless they're forced mm-hmm. to like take the time off. This is an excellent time for you to you know rest, heal up work out to get that get whatever you need stronger and like come back even stronger when you come come back to the game so yeah yeah and that's I, there's a meme going on where it's like for those of you who have been saying oh i can't work out or i can't start this business or i can't finish this school because of work like you have no excuse yeah. now so that's that's one good way to look at it um you know it it is what it is things suck but um there's still things you can do about it in terms of like how to make the mm-hmm. most of this and so that actually mm-hmm. kind of spawned a question where you know what's what's the coolest thing that you guys have seen so far in terms of people coping with covid and sorry felix if you if you notice anything really just unique or hey that's actually really cool that this person's doing this um we've been uh, so i work at a children's hospital and um we've been have we've had weird hours recently because obviously um even though we're i work in it like we have to do a lot to get in front of this whole deal um and it's been really cool to see how flexible everybody on my team has gone. So like we've had two people in the last three months have babies. Um, well, their, their wives have had the babies. Um, and so like some, some of these guys are getting up at 3 a.m. working until 11, then handing off to the other person on the team who's, who's just recently had the baby. And then that person works from like 11 to 7 p.m. And then um, we have also someone who was visiting their family in India before all this started, and now he's stuck there. So now he's working overnight because, um, thankfully, he's able to still work because he's a pretty essential part of our team. So we just, from now, we have, like, round-the-clock service, and we're able to churn out. uh, We build applications for data analysis. So, like, we've been working on a, a program that monitors covid and everything like that at our hospital and we've been able to turn it out in like a week when something like of this size that we've that we've created usually would take several weeks it's because we have all these people on rotating schedules Um, so it's just been kind of cool to see how flexible everybody's been but also productive because i know a lot of people working from home is the they have the temptation to just like throw the office on and wiggle the mouse every once in a while so it looks like you're working but um (laughs) But it's it's been pretty great at work for for us just to see all that flexibility. Yeah, I um I, I'm dreading the day where I'll be forced to telecommute 
work from home because I just, I can't do it. I used to be able to do it when I worked for a startup company. And even then I could do like maybe one or two days tops. But like if they were to say that to me now, I'd be like, uh, you just lost whatever you're going to get out of me because yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> you lost most of my productivity. Exactly. Like I am I am no good to any of you now. So, but um, that's cool. And it's cool when people are becoming more, I don't want to say like creative, but they're just, you're starting to mm-hmm. see what can be done despite this huge obstacle that's being thrown at us. And um, what about you, Devin? Like what's one cool thing that you've seen come uh, out of this whole thing? Yeah, I've seen like a lot, of, like just the ability for people to actually be there for each other still without, you know, being physically there. Like I've heard, I've heard stories of like people that, you know, like need, like, you know, are in like AA or some sort of help, like self-help thing. And they, they are still, you know, Zoom has, you know, done wonders in, you know, letting people still be there for each other and like host these meetings and keep people on the right track and, you know, keep you, keep your sanity, I guess as well. Like, you know, we've started hosting like, uh, zoom chats with friends and family and just to stay in contact with people that could be at risk um, or at higher risk, but, and keeping them safe and, you know, still being able to be a part of each other's lives. So that's probably the, like, personally, I just go to work and I come home and I go to bed or I play some video games, but the, the, what everyone else is doing to, you know, stay a part of, uh, like stay a part of like their regular daily routine for what they need to do is excellent. Yeah. I, I think the zoom calls are really cool. Like the, yeah. uh, just like mm-hmm. the virtual happy hours or, you know, like the trivia games or just something to kind of just still have that social interaction going on. It's been pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a uh, virtual happy hours every Friday at work. Um, yeah, since, since this all started, that's awesome. Then you don't have to worry about driving home and right. Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, get... What's up? I was gonna say, just get drunk in your own home and yeah. turn off the t- turn off the computer. Yeah, and then no <laughs> waiting for servings. Like, I mean, it's just it's perfect. Um, it, it, we did a I did a women of the south like it was kind of like a panel discussion, but it was also kind of like a like a creeping in on what Becca May has been doing in terms of like these zoom hangouts. And we just happened to be talking about dodgeball. So that became an actual episode and it was fun. Like it was actually really cool. Just, you know, kind of unwinding a little bit with, with people in a much different format than I'm used to. So Mm -hmm. there definitely is some, some good, um, coming out of this, but, um, now that we kind of left the whole COVID elephant on on a happier note, so let's go back to where we left off. So, um, in part one, we covered a lot of like pre NDL, which is awesome. Cause I feel like, um, like you talk about like the dark days, like the, the barnstorming days. Um, I mean, I remember listening to somebody like got his eye popped out cause he got hit by a stinger so hard by like in like Oof. an MLB pitcher or something. And one kid snapped. Yeah, his... That was, that was at my, my <laughs> league that I started at. <laughs> so it's your fault. This guy almost lost his vision. Horrible. So I asked you in the yeah. in the episode, like, did he ever get his sight back? And I think you just said, yeah, he'd wear an eye patch for a year. Um, yeah. Did did he get his vision back though? Like. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He he's um, he's fine. Fine's a good word. He's um, fine. <laughs> see, he was he was always older. So yeah, yeah. So like, I was I think like fourteen or fifteen at the time when when this happened, and he was in his mid twenties. You know, when you're when you're a, a young teenager, you look at everybody who's 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 that age and is like, oh, okay, they probably have their their stuff together. Um, now seeing him on Facebook, I realize like, oh, he was he was probably a meth addict. Um, oh, jeez. Uh, so <laughs> so okay. so fine is a good word. I believe he has his sight, so that's that's good, right? So, so dodgeball didn't ruin him. He did that on his own. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Tiger the... King ruined him. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> Tiger King. Holy crap. That is something else. Um, I still haven't watched it to be honest. Uh, it's, you really should just for the memes. Yeah. Yeah, probably. It, they're, they're, and I, this is the first time I binged something in a very long time. Um, I, went through the entire season in like three hours. It's like 45 minutes, um, seven minute episode or seven episodes. And what gets you going and you can correct me if I'm wrong is, is just the, the, what the F's just do not stop. It just, oh yeah, it's just nonstop. <laughs> You're just like, okay, it can't get any crazier than this. This is episode three. The, the stage is set. No, nah, it just gets so much well, worse. But well, all right. Yeah, I might have so. to, if Kat's like ever out of the room because she really doesn't want to watch it, I'll just like put it on and like, or if she falls asleep before me and I don't have to be at work the next day, just all right, time to watch the Tiger King. She'll 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 get sucked in. <laughs> it's an accident. You just you just can't take your eyes off it, and you just you yeah. just have to know how and why, and yeah. But um, man, that it is something else. But uh, so guy gets his eye popped out. Guy breaks mm-hmm. his his hand or his arm almost in half, throwing so hard. Like dodgeball, it, it, we made it sound like dodgeball was just insane back then, and it kind of was when you think about what we have now in terms of like you know standards and just better practices and actually caring about the um, you know the game and and all this other stuff. And um, you know that that's where we have USA Dodgeball. That's where we have you know at the time last year we had Elite. But 1999 to 2009, um, what's what would be like the the best way to sum it up. So for me, I was thinking, okay, 2005, the NDL made its debut and you had the, the, the occasional, um, like you had like the national dodgeball association trying to contend with the NDL. You had, um, LA dodgeball society, I think around 2007 or eight turned into world dodgeball society. You had Ed Prentice just on the war path with anybody that played dodgeball that was not his. But while this was happening, the NDL actually, to its credit, started to peak really well. Um, so I wanted to kind of cover 2009 to 2014, I think is what we kind of agreed on, 2015. And in the last episode, um, you guys were kind of talking about how there wasn't really too much of a, of a North presence, but when, when about did you guys start entering the NDL scene or did it start making its way to you? Um, for uh, for myself, like the NDL scene, I I personally never made it out there um, because it like died out the year I was gonna go when I finally turned 21. But I started hearing about it, and like I was friends with uh, Glenn's uh, Glenn's little sister, so I heard about him, and he would come play at our open gyms, and then like we started going and playing with him a little bit, and then he would like tell me he's like it's awesome, it's awesome, you gotta go, you gotta go, and I'm like yeah, well I'm you know broke, <laughs> I'm a broke 17 year old kid, can't. <laughs> kind of can't go to Vegas right now. Um, but, uh, so it, like, it was cool, but like I, we would find like, ran- it w- there was a lot of uh, like a large presence of random like tournaments, like the, uh, NADA was big out here started. I think, uh, for a long touch on that, it started in like 99, 2000. And like, that was real big. And we, we started entering those tournaments and then, um, like random associations, like would start just hosting, um, like, charity tournaments and we would go to those and you'd meet you know more people that maybe were a little bit more serious about it and like we'd compete against glenn's team all the time and he would like kick our asses and we'd be like all right well you know we'll get you next time we'll get you next time so that just kind of like drove us to keep going and then i would practice with them to go to their ndl tournaments and then 
like uh, they're like oh next year you should come and then they got back from it that year and they're like we're never going back like no you should not come <laughs> like oh 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 okay and then like fortunately like that year or the year after that uh, mark started up with elite and that was like that you know started this whole new train and it's been great ever since <laughs> yeah i remember so i i interviewed glenn um and again if you for whatever reason, if you ever want to hear more about Glenn, uh, season two, I think he's like seventh or eighth episode, whatever. Probably said the exact same thing about you, Felix. But he, um, he he talks about that. He talks about like going so full steam ahead over the NDL, being over, being completely on board, and then like 2012, 13, just it completely dissipated and just got so much worse. And he just said, you know what, Ed, I am I'm done. Like I am done, never coming back. So I wonder if that was what you caught because you said. The year you're about to go, Devin was what, like twenty? How- it was like yeah, twenty twelve, twenty. It was like twenty thirteen, maybe. Yeah, I think it was right around there. Like they, uh, twenty twelve, they went and uh, like they had. I was practicing with them and I was doing really well. And they had a guy drop out and they asked me like a week and a half before if I wanted to go. And I was like, yeah, you, I cannot afford that. Like that's expensive at the, this far out. And then I was like, but next year I'll definitely go. And they're like, all right. And then they came back and like all of them were just so downtrodden on it and. They're all like, yeah, we're we're not gonna go back. Like it, it just became so bad. And like I like also did a little bit of research myself and I was like, Oh wow, that's like it's not just the plane that would have been too expensive for me, it's the entire tournament. Like it cost the cost for one person was an entire team's registration for most mm-hmm. tournaments that I would be playing in, where I get to play like all these, you know, awesome players out here as well. Granted it's not all around the it wasn't all around the country, but still. Yeah, twenty twelve, uh so their peak was, was 2010, 2011, they lost like maybe 10, 15 teams. Like they were so big at the time. You didn't really notice too much unless you've been going every single year. Like I'd had, but 2012, yeah. you're like, this is, um, this is not good. Like this is, um, something very bad is happening where half the teams aren't here anymore. 2013, man, you, you saved a lot of, uh, saved a lot of money. First of all, for, for what it was, it was multiple divisions uh five or six teams tops and these are all of the same teams like you can only play against beaver damnation and rise brutality and crisis so many or like not not the crisis that we know but um the pre pre-team yeah, crisis. like original crisis the original crisis yeah when they still had braces and look like lost children um yeah <laughs> and they did and like they looked like they were really good well, well uniformed and i felt so bad for them. i was like man these kids probably bought into the lie and they're never going to play dodgeball again. Um, but you know, good to know 10 years later, they're going to kill all of us. So that worked out. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was, that was it. And they round Robin was just, you're going to play against each other for, for nothing because your names are going to be put into a hat for single seed uh, elimination. So it was, it was just bad. So it's a good thing. Glenn said, we're not going because if he was mad coming back from 2012, he would have been just completely different uh, coming back from 2013. So yeah. Um, 2013 was the only year that I went. Oh, so you can, yeah, so you, you can attest to how fun that was, Felix. Yeah, um, it was, I wrote an article about it in 2013 for the NCDA. I think it was titled, like, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Um, but it was, it was interesting. Uh, we went in and we just had no idea what to expect. Um, they, they had Rise on such, like, on such a high pedestal that, like, at that point, like, even the referees were, were on their side and rooting for them and i remember our team took a point against rise and we were booed by everyone because we were the new <laughs> kids and we took a a point on on the great and powerful rise um 
there was almost a fight that broke out because of one of the hotheads on our team. And it was just like, this is, this is just awful. And we, we paid all this money to go out there. And then uh, I, I think we played on Saturday and then we were supposed to go Sunday for like the all pro day or whatever it was called at the time. And I just remember texting Ed on Saturday, like, Hey man, um, we didn't really have fun. So we're not going to come back. Uh, thanks for having us though. Um, and he called me immediately. I was like, man, you, you gotta come. And I was like, nah, we'll save nah. the, we'll save the 40 bucks on that, on that taxi ride. That. Yeah. Nah, we're, we're not. <laughs> no, no, we're not coming. Well, it, it was cool though. Like the whole experience was great because, um, it was me and five other guys from, from the NCDA, uh, two other ones from WKU, two from Kent state university, and then one from central Michigan. And so we were the, the NCDA all-stars at the time. And, um, we, uh, we just had a, we were there for a week in Las Vegas. And so like the dodgeball was the worst part of that trip. If that kind of gives you any indication, um, it was just, it was a really good time. And anytime the six of us are together, we always talk about the debauchery that happened on that trip, but, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, um, outside of, you know, dodgeball. (laughs) <laughs> outside of playing yeah outside of the reason yeah. why we're we're here that 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 does say i mean that, kudos to you guys for for being able to still enjoy it but then if the whole point is to play dodgeball and that is the worst aspect of the trip that's saying a lot yeah well i think yeah. the following year uh ed uh, for like going into 2014 i think he uh ed prentice was like like going out and traveling and bringing like teams to random tournaments in different areas mm-hmm. and uh and like asking people to come play in the NDL because I remember one of the times uh, for uh, there was like an elite tournament up in Michigan so me and my guys were going up there and then there was another tournament that Saturday and a few of our like you know the guys that were still in training so it was back before like Tyler Underwood played rubber and a few of our other guys that some don't play anymore some still do and they went to this random tournament that said it was the Chicago Vendetta was going to be there Mm -hmm. and uh so they go and their te- like the guys that uh, that's we sent like they walked on the tournament they just kicked everyone's butt and then they did an exhibition match with the uh Chicago Vendetta team and it was no one from Chicago zero people <laughs> and Ed Prentice apparently went up to our buddy Andy who doesn't play anymore and like raved him about how he's the best player he's ever seen in his life <laughs> we're like okay Ed <laughs> Like, oh man really um the first i i heard of the w or dwc whatever they used to call it um in 2009 there was a, a captain from bowling green state university her name was alexis moody and she actually went out to the uh to the tournament and she wrote articles about it like she kind of gave like daily updates on our blog at the time and i pulled up one of her um one of her her entries because i was interested and she said, uh, I was the only woman on the team and nobody allowed me to throw and all the guys on my team could not throw, but I could throw. And the one time I did throw and I got someone out, I got yelled at. <laughs> so she said, that was my experience. That sounds like, and that's where she, yeah. No, I was going to say like, yeah, we, we don't have that problem anymore. Um, no. Yeah. Um, girls can throw all the time. They never get yelled at for throwing. So that's, uh. A little self man burn for all the men out there, but um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she uh, 
she she didn't have a good time according to her article she said she enjoyed day one and then day two and day three she said she wishes she had not gone yeah i um i couldn't help it i was i was laughing at when you were saying that everybody was just so up about rise in, in 2013 when you went felix and i just picture like the yeah. refs like Oh, your ball, Mr. Fullerton, like shagging for him. Like the refs are actually just like <laughs> polishing everything and like drying his hands off. And like it's just completely 100% one sided. Like they just do not want you to win at all. <laughs> it was so weird to us. Like we had never experienced uh, a, a game, a dodgeball game, where everybody was clearly rooting uh, for one team. But not even like just for one team, but like actively hating anybody who was playing them. We were we had never. This is before any of us had experience with dodgeball outside of the NCDA. So we're like, what the? Who are these people? Why are they? Why? Why does everyone act as if they they poop gold? Um, but I don't know. It after after that tournament and I, after I joined Elite, I I realized that it's like, oh, the Rise guys are are pretty cool. They're not that team that was at the dodgeball world cup um being fellaced by everyone in the building yeah i think i won't believe that word out that was that was good that was, that was censored that was that, that was the word I, I was like i'm not gonna i'll leave that one that was that was clever someone will have to they'll have to look it up yeah right, exactly we'll Google that one be like ah yeah whatever whoever monitors the itunes clean they will be like no that was that was uh this is upped it in the uh educational aspect um <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think of like because at the 2013 you just had the 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 diehards like the people that were still still on that kool-aid um yeah i went because i was just like i've committed to playing with damnation um so i'm gonna play because you know kevin pack he and i had gone back for a long time so um we had that plus vegas for us isn't that far but everyone else was flying out there because they still bought into this idea that the NDL was, was going to go any further than it already had at that time, you know, three, four years ago. But, um, so 2009 to 2015, I mean, what, uh, what, else, what was going on then in terms of your area? So like you'd mentioned the, and you mentioned NADA, um, yeah. North American Dodgeball Association, uh, national amateur dodgeball okay. association. It was like the, they, they were, they were trying to be like the amateur where like they host to everybody, like all skill levels. They had like, you know, eight, like, a division, B division, you know, youth. Uh, they, at one point, they had code and women's like for certain tournaments throughout the year, but those kind of those died out. Uh, probably 2010, I think was the last time I saw one of their co-ed tournaments. But uh, they went. I think they just died out in like they had their last tournament in 2017. 17 or 18, I want to say, is the last one I played in um, because the guy that was hosting it was leaving and they weren't getting enough team signups. And, uh, like, they had replaced that position a number of times. Even Glenn, Glenn actually interviewed for it at one, po- at one point and they gave it to somebody else. Um, but, yeah. It <laughs> was, was, was it not funny. qualified or, like, like... – it oh, was man. it was like a part so it was mostly through this park district like it was actually the park district that uh we were supposed to be at for one of the rounds this that we're supposed to be at for one of the rounds this year right and uh like the, the guy that was like really good like he he knew all of us we knew him he always let us you know register we registered multiple teams like 
we'd be like, hey, we're just signing up. Can we pay day off? And he's like, yeah. So, like, he, he would get a good turnout, and then he left. Glenn applied for the position, interviewed, and they gave it to someone else who yeah. wasn't as, like, willing to work with us. So a lot of people stopped playing. And, like, we would still go to, you know, sh- support, like, playing and, you know, just practice up and, you know, stay active. But, like, it just started going downhill. And uh, eventually just people stopped playing in it. That's too bad, too, because, I mean, it was massive. And with Schomburg Parks and Rec is what it actually was. And so... I feel like that yeah. might be why they never really branched out. And cause like when you, when I was looking at them back in 2005, 2006, I was like, man, this, this they're massive. Like you said, they had divisions, like stuff that we yeah. still struggle to figure out and how to make that work in terms of like, do we have an A division and a B division? And, um, they had that and they had just tons of teams. And, um, in my opinion, just from what I could tell is like, okay, they're, they're, they can't really go past Schaumburg County or, City? They they actually consulted with a bunch of other uh, like ra- random local tournaments. Like you'd go to tournaments and you you'd find a ref that actually ref for them, or you'd find someone that like I I want to say at one point they had like a multi like area like tournament because like I met a guy who was like yeah I ref this game for you know X amount of years and we we're like oh crap Jesus and then. Uh, but like and then like you go to tournaments and they're like oh we follow you know the nada rule set and they'd have like the rules for like the nada rule book and we're like oh okay like it actually it actually did expand it just like other places didn't make it as big of a deal as schomburg where it originated gotcha so like people would say it's like an it'd be like an nada sponsored tournament because it would have the rule set of nada and nada would actually post it on their website for a while of like different areas that were hosting tournaments of their of their rule set. Well, they never came so, out to Arizona, so no, they did not. They, I, I don't know. I think they barely made it out of Illinois. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. Like they stayed mostly in their, their area. Yeah. They, uh, they did have a, an, an added training DVD though, that I just saw $10 for <laughs> members, 12 for non. I would love to see this. The, that would be hilarious. <laughs> if we can get a copy, I will find it. I will put a $50 bounty on whoever can give me this DVD. Yeah. I will find it. <laughs> well, crap. You guys don't count. I'm just kidding. That's fine. I will. I will pay the money and I will post it <laughs> everywhere. Just, just what is a training DVD? What does it look like? And actually, is there anything that we can actually still? Because you know, we talk about like youth being the future. Um, it'd, be, it'd be cool to see something like this replicated on the on the youth side, uh, just so yeah. we can take what they had and just make that across the U.S. But um, little little tangent there. So. Um, Felix, did you play in any of the NADA uh, tournaments between 2009 to 2015? No, no, I never did. Um, Foam dodgeball wasn't on my radar. And then um, I really didn't play anything outside of the the NCDA once I started. Right. Um, So it was was pretty much the NCDA exclusively from 2008 till 2014. Gotcha. Um, Yeah, except for the, the, you know, the one NDL tournament in 13. So what uh, what got you into Elite then? So, so 2015 is when you got into Elite or 2014? Uh, 20, 2015, I played in a in the Grand Rapids Open. And then uh, 2016 is when we started, in, when the Gamecocks started in Elite. Um, it was really, I, I didn't really know too much about Elite um, other than Rochester Institute of Technology. They were a, an NCDA school and in 2012, I believe it was, their captain sent me a message when I was 
in charge of the NCDA, and he just said, hey, uh, I just want to let you know that we're out. I was like, um, okay, why? He said, well, we're going to elite. I was like, I don't know what that is, um, but you know you can play more than one style of dodgeball, right? He's like, no, screw you guys. We're out. Jeez. So, um, <laughs> was this, Tim, was, was this uh, Tim, Tim Wells saying that? No, no. Okay. Was, I was like, like, Chad, I, Co- Chad, Chad Cohen. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I can't see Tim yeah. acting like that. Dang, Tim. <laughs> no, no. Tim's a sweetheart. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> not characteristic of him. Okay. So, yeah, they... no. So, Chad, yeah, he, he messaged me and he's just like, nah, go to hell. <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, Jeez. um, if you guys, if you guys ever want to play dodgeball again, um, go for it. Cause, after he talked about that i googled and i was like i think elite at this time it's like there's like four tournaments a year but whatever dude you do what you gotta do uh so that was like (laughs) my first exposure to elite but um i didn't actually play until 2016 it was really i just you know i just wanted to play again because i moved to columbus in 2014 and i was the coach for ohio state and that that was really the only time i got to play was at practices so I just really wanted to get back on the court. Didn't matter if it was shortened. Didn't matter if it was six balls instead of like 19. Didn't matter if it was <laughs> nope, yet to throw. Like I a... did, not, did not care at all. Uh, gotcha. I did not like the open division at the, at the start. but um, That's how yeah, most uh, NCDA players were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once you get the handle of it, like once you understand the clamp, um, mm-hmm. if that's, that's your throw style now, like it's fine. Um, I, I really like open open 8.5 and that's the thing like uh, a lot of ncda alumni they consider open not not the gender uh quality or whatever gender requirements open being like it's open to everyone they think open isn't like open hand like you're not allowed to pinch oh wow um yeah Mm -hmm. and i still think that way every once in a while it'll creep across it's like yeah the open division it's like open what no sting uh, no, no, no. You know where you don't where you don't pinch. Oh, yeah, just, right. just a regular eight point five. So can we just call like the regular division, and maybe we'll see more NCDA teams coming in? Is that is yeah. that where we're messing up like this whole time? <laughs> yep. They'll uh, they'll pinch a ball the first game, and you're like, oh, wait, 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 wait. We don't yep. do that here. Stop yeah, it. At the at the Grand Rapids Open, um, we were allowed to pinch because at that that time it was just foam, and pinch and yeah, foam, foam, yeah. Yeah, foam in the morning and then pinch in the afternoon. And uh, uh, arms. I really enjoyed it. And then uh, Zarin Stone was on my team. And that's how I, I kind of got introduced to Task Force. And then at the very first Elite Tournament, we played them in our first game. And the first game in Open 8.5, I immediately pinched the ball to block. And Zarin's like, Felix, dude, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're playing with restricted rules. Got it. So what we should call it, like the inclusive division that might settle it, and then yeah, I can't I can't help but going back to uh, this guy Chad just like lighting you up for no reason. Like, you are not making people choose. Yeah. He's like, no man, drew the line in the sand. I, we're going to elite. Okay, man, you can play, but no, after yep. you, dude. Just, no, you will not take my guns. Like we are, we are, I'm making my stand. Like, that's. <laughs> I think he, because I, ha- I have that saying now, it's like more dodgeball is better dodgeball. I think he was the first person I used that on. He was like, you guys can, you know, play whatever you want. I don't, I don't really care. You, you don't have to leave. He's like, no, we're out. No way, man. We're the resistance. We're, we're not doing this. We're not falling for your regime. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if, uh, cause, I mean, maybe in his credit, he thought this would be like the NDL where they did make you choose. And this will hopefully be the last time I, I bashed the NDL on this episode. But, um, 
Could have been that. Maybe he really just thought Maybe. there had to be a choice, which, I mean, back in the day there was. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but I, I don't know if he ever had any experience with the NDL because the first time he ever played, like that I ever saw Chad play was he came to uh, him, Tim, and the guy on Facebook, his name is Red Comet. He's another one of like the RIT guys. <laughs> they came out to a North Region tournament. Uh, I want to say it was the... The second or third one, they came and played with, uh, I think they played with Task Force or like some other random team. And that was the first time they played Elite. So I don't know if they ever had any exposure to the NDL and its craziness. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I tried to give this guy an excuse and you just took that from yeah. him. So, okay, maybe some people just I'll, yeah, are I'm combative. Take that <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe some people are just like my way or the highway, even if it's not necessary at all. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't. Check. I should have just, I should have just kept on with the, with the thought that it was Tim Wells. I should have just kept with that. It just that would have been hilarious. Tim, Tim used to be. <laughs> Tim used to, used to be just person. Yeah. <laughs> Super intense. Not gonna do it, man. Just. <laughs> oh man. Um. So what got you into Elite, Devin? Um. So Felix, you got you what? Twenty fifteen was when you first exposed to it. Twenty sixteen, you just wanted to play again. Um, yep. What about you, Devin? Uh, I, uh, was, got into it. So like, I mean, right when Glenn came back talking about how he's never going back to the NDL again, uh, we were like, we would like would play our weekly practice and then he would, he came over to me and was talking to me about, uh, he's like, Oh yeah, my, my buddy Mark from LA, he's starting this, you know, tournament. He's like, I'm going out to play in it with, you know, this, this, uh, the South team, this guy's, you know, this guy's uh, dad is flying me and Matt D out and the rest of the team to play in this elite tournament and depending on how this goes we're gonna get them all over the nation and i was like i am in so the minute he told me that there was a that there was a tournament that was going to happen for like in our area i immediately put together a team to play uh it was our first time playing uh open uh, open rubber uh our first time playing like you know regular eight five uh so it was rough on us (laughs) because like having little hands sometimes you're just like, Oh, I got to push the ball. Cause it was before any of us knew how to clamp. And it was like a team of myself and, uh, uh, Tim Magnini who no longer plays elite. Um, and a few other guys and we just, and a few other like foam guys like, uh, Shade Dern. Uh, he was a really big foam player, his brother who no longer plays due to knee injuries and a few other guys. And we went and got whooped. <laughs> by like every team but the crowning achievement of that tournament was uh, i was our first time with like ndl like flight kills when you could you know you could run back right and tim at one point dove across the line head first superman posed and threw a ball at uh Pe- michael pena and got about and ran back and survived the game <laughs> <laughs> and pena will never live that down <laughs> because of it so what, what tournament was this one this was the first, uh, this was, tw- uh, was it 2013? Yeah, I think 2013's first ever North Elite Tournament. It was like the Midwest Elite Tournament at that point. Okay. It's funny because I I always wondered how, so the, the South team that Glenn mentioned was Adrenaline Rush, and that yeah. was the first time I saw Troy Egling who shed like, I'm not even trying to like make fun of him, but he, he shed he like 80 pounds. Yeah, yeah, he was freaking light after that i mean he was he was a heavy guy still able to move and then he just dropped all that weight and then you just 
exponentially increased his ability to move. So he was a phenomenal player already, even more so after the fact. Saw Tim Poon for the first time in a long time. And then I saw Glenn. I was like, I, I hear the name. I've heard the name a lot. I thought Glenn was a Midwest guy, but yeah, whatever. It's cool that we're seeing these guys from, you know, I haven't seen since like 2008, 2009. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always wondered, like, did they drive here? Did they just fork over the money? Because at the time, still, like, it, if you weren't paying money to go to Vegas, like, you weren't really traveling to local regional tournaments because yeah. that just didn't exist. But um, it's cool that somebody had the hookup and flew the team out there. Um, yeah. And it's cool that it happened because uh, obviously Glenn got very motivated to start making um, all the rounds happen in the other divisions. I remember seeing him flying all the time. Um, to kick off these other other elites and, and get the regional series going. But, yeah, 2013, March, April, uh, they decided – what's that? 2013 was June for us, I think. In right. uh, like for Our first elite tournament was like June of 2013, I think. Nice. And that, that had to have been probably all Glenn just pushing that, saying this is the product that I want. Um, yeah, because we did – uh, Mark did Mark and Vince did four rounds and it, it was just west only and then 2014 mm-hmm. we had the throwdown in the east mm-hmm. and that's when you started to see like okay this is this is taking off um I'm trying to find Molly's page right now so 2013 hit you guys too that's too bad you didn't really have anything to compare it to uh Devin what did you think of it though like do other than him having a crazy suicide it was it was uh, it was awesome uh it was like it just motivated like it motivated myself and my friend tim to just keep getting better and keep pursuing like playing rubber nice uh some of our guys uh they were like rubber's not my game not gonna play it and that's that's all fine and dandy but we would continuously but that also sparked uh me and tim to you know meet meet uh like matt d and a lot of his buddies from uh like st louis that would play and we, you know, whenever, when it came back and like, we had another team that was really solid that <laughs> would, uh, for some reason would always take first seed in round Robin and then shoot ourselves in the foot, <laughs> just one stupid throw to like, get some, like, you know, get a, get a catch, uh, waste, like waste ball advantage. But like, it, it definitely motivated us and it was, we got really into it real quickly. Nice. Yeah. It's kind of kind of hinted towards this question back in the first episode it was just like you think about all the people that went to ndl with high expectations got let down and then just stopped playing after that talked about how i think felix you said like your uncle tried to get you out of play one time because they thought you're gonna be a ringer it turned out you really weren't so you caught three balls in accident and you look at like yep. what happens when you get the right person interested and how that just has like this chain reaction of you know going from as far as um glenn helping bring elite to across the U S to Felix doing all these crazy, you know, volunteer, uh, with the NCDA and now with, uh, Dodge USA dodgeball, just, you never know like who is actually going to come to these events and stick around. But I can't help but think about the guys that just, you know, saw the dodgeball in its least appealing form and took off and what we lost as a result. But, uh, one of those things you think about that doesn't really change anything at all, but it's just fun to go there for some reason when you're driving home after listening to a podcast before you record another mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Um, so I guess, um, I mean, without, without trying to cut it too short in terms of what happened between, uh, 2009 to 2015, the NDL being the biggest thing for the West, uh, sounds like the NADA, NADA 
and NCDA was kind of like your guys' thing. Um, kind of want to just kind of pause the timeline there and get to the crowdsource questions that we already addressed last time so we can just do them again for the sake of um, making sure that they're heard. But um, Kevin Fry says, uh, thoughts on bringing no sting to the north as well as the position on growing to accommodate open pinch no sting and how it will affect the future of leads. So obviously this, I feel like this is a very region specific question. Um, who wants to yeah. take that one? I mean, I can tell you what we have planned for, for USA dodgeball in response to all that. Cool. Um, so, I mean, USA dodgeball recognizes that no sting is, is wanted in the North and that people want to play. So um, I think the, the move is going forward that pinch and no sting will happen at the same time. And this will happen for the, foreseeable future until we can get to the point where we're able to have multi-day tournaments um and then we'll have no sting on on saturday on sunday and i think we should um, switch that around do pinch on sunday because <laughs> uh, then nobody stays <laughs> yeah but so my thing with pinch is like i i actually do enjoy pinch i like i'm the one of the only guys on my team besides miles mm -hmm. that you know will still play it if it's the second division but I, me and my guys have no problem playing it if it's the first division of a day because your body's ready for it. You're not as tired. But when you're playing it right after, like, you know, a team, like, say you're a t like a top, a top two, top three team uh, mm -hmm. for, like, open, you're, you're beat. And then to go and play pinch after that really does not sound yeah. fun. So yeah. no stings a little bit. I feel that's more of an accessible second division for a day, whereas pinch is definitely a first a first division of a day kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's personally just my opinion on on it. I mean, a lot of people will will be on your side for that because I know that a lot of the game talks say they play pinch better when they're hungover, so that would <laughs> that would help out a lot. Yeah, in that respect. <laughs> um. But I, I don't know. It is just something that that we've been talking about because we don't want to exclude no sting from the north because yeah. we do know that a lot of people do like it and it'll help bring people in. Um, Definitely. The, the caveat is we want to make sure that it's uh, co-ed no sting. So that way, it's just more of an incentive to bring in more women to the north because yes. I mean, as ever, everyone as everyone is like very well aware, the north has a has a female problem. Like we just we can't for some reason attract enough women to, to have a viable yeah um uh, division we have like four maybe five that are willing to play and then if you don't get if you don't get one of the if you don't get two of them you're screwed and now with the new uh right. the new uh requirements like <laughs> there's going to be two teams <laughs> so yeah and it's great because like <clears throat> sam sam hutter uh from cleveland she's been really recruiting hard and she had, I think she said she had 10 women from her um, Stonewall League nice. that want to play. Um, so, I mean, luckily, there's there's 10 women right there. But, obviously, yeah. this whole COVID thing has really messed everything up. Yeah. We, need more, we need more women from Chicago and Minneapolis and the other hot spots, Michigan. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing with Chicago is we have uh, hopefully now with uh, our you know our city league, um, like our city no sting league getting back under good management, um, we will have it will draw more people to it and hopefully more females and hopefully the people there <clears throat> will breed you know people that want to you know be more competitive and still have the fun with it. So 
yeah. it just depends on how that goes with us um but we've tried like we've had a lot we there was a time like we could feel like three or four women's teams with just chicago players and it just like due to random situations or just the la- like the lack of drive sometimes yeah um they they just stop playing yeah and that, i that, mean that sucks <laughs> yeah and pinch is really important for the north because it's the only way to suck in the uh NCAA the NCAA players mm-hmm. and then no sting is going to be very important moving forward to keep some of the older ncda guys who don't want to play pinch anymore uh, yeah whose, whose bodies are, are deteriorating and then also to get more women in yes. so every everything has its value we just got to find that that perfect balance of allowing everyone to play but we're not going to do three divisions in a day that's just that's too much that is silly really tempted to ask where does cloth fall into all this but uh, i'll stir that pot another time <laughs> you I, know what i was so excited to play cloth oh, no. actually but i was too no 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 yeah no. i i've i've only played it a couple times but it, i like it i've i have bigger hands so it works out well for me um but i don't know i was really excited to play I, mostly because everyone was going to be on the same playing field like the only people in the north that ever like extensive cloth experience are like matt levine and uh alfred kwan outside of that it's it's like maybe a couple other people so everyone was gonna be on the same playing field everyone's gonna be figuring it out at the same time i thought it was gonna be a lot of fun but that's if matt levine uh came uh, i don't know if would he if he's uh, would he uh be, stay in the east or is he coming to the north for this year uh he said that he hasn't made up his mind he he's still playing in the east he doesn't know what he's doing for the north okay yeah i mean nobody knows Got what they're it. doing so to be fair yeah <laughs> well that, that actually worked out really well because um kevin asked for thoughts felix he told us what was going to happen and Devin chimed in with his thoughts so that tandem worked really well i wonder if we can do that for the rest um Let's try but you think how it will affect the future of elite so again a year ago this was relevant um he does mean how will it affect premiere if we're going to update this mm-hmm. So you think people will use you guys? Will, the North will use Pinch to bring in NCAA players, and it'll use Sting, no Sting, to keep the older ones. And maybe we'll see some of those Pinch players transition into either Rubber or no Sting. Essentially, that's the thought process. Yeah, yeah, and, and like you, you have teams like Corruption uh, who don't want to play Pinch anymore. Uh, they just said it just like it, it hurts their arms or fingers or whatever. And then with a couple of the guys on Task Force like uh, Mark Trapetti. He said he's he's done with pinch and just and there's a I guess there's a certain point where your body just starts failing you and you don't want to don't want to you want to play anymore. for as long as possible not like at, yeah. but you want to cut down the level a little bit not risk yeah. the injuries right <clears throat> ah so they're they're tasting mortality that's what's happening yes <laughs> yeah it sucks <laughs> <laughs> welcome kids um, uh, bitter old man moments, but, um, all right, well, let's move on to, well, actually, so, and then I think for, for women, um, growing, it's sounds like Sam's put in the work to, to recruit and we just need more of that. I mean, if, if we're going to simplify it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yep. well, I mean, I'll be hopefully getting Sam on here fairly soon. So kind of pick her brain a little bit on, on the recruiting efforts. So let's make a, a mental note on that one. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm going to just write that down because I will forget. So <laughs> moving on to uh, Sergio Leon's questions. Um, 
he definitely likes to give us a lot. So we'll see how, how these go. Hey. I mean, we can, you guys can volunteer to take him or we can have them both. But um, he said in previous episodes, it was mentioned that NADA was the initial breeding ground for the North, mainly Illinois. Um, how much of a platform would you say provided in terms of growth and how much of a lasting legacy has it left behind, <clears throat> assuming it no longer runs? So last year, no, what, 2018? Yeah, 2018, 2019. I can't exactly remember. I think it was 18 was the last uh yeah, their the last, last nationals tournament. Their last championship it. was 2018 on the website. So, yeah, I think that yeah, because I don't think it ran another tournament that year. Uh, but yeah, it was it was definitely uh, an excellent platform for growth. Um, it got a lot of it let you play against a lot of people because a lot of people would uh would you know come out to it and like it let you play and practice your more competitive your more competitive tactics. So like you get like people that normally play in open gyms where there's, you know, you don't have hard boundaries cause you're in a gym that only, you know, houses your, your court or, and you get like, you know, rather than, you know, a bunch of balls, you get, you know, the standard six balls and you have teams of six and you don't have like some rec rules that you would play by, you know, if you played in, you know, a rec league. So it was definitely good. So it let, let you practice and even still like it, it, uh, what we would do is rather than bring like consistent teams of like the really good players, we would mix it up and have each, you know, really good player be a captain and pick a team. And then he'd work with newer players. He or she would work with newer players and like get them more into it and keep them going and, you know, keep them, you know, positive on their performance. Um, and that like, was excellent and people you know still talk about it and like we all we all definitely miss it um and i think we've had people come to our open gyms and be like hey uh i you know saw some videos on this you know tournament i saw like i i was looking at dodgeball and i saw you know this thing called the nada and we're like yeah you know they don't run anymore but you know come to our open gym wednesday mondays and wednesdays uh you know 8 to 10 30 come out and play with us and so we still get people coming in because of that it's just uh it, it, it just uh, kind of stinks not having it. I think the other good thing is I think NADA still runs the youth division uh, in the summers. They still run the youth tournament. I'm not fully sure, but I know they did that last year. They did a 2019 youth summer open. That's huge. <clears throat> That's good because then, you know, five, six years from now, those kids will be coming, hopefully, <clears throat> you guys. Yeah, and actually, I, at our Roselle Open Gym, we do allow – you know, younger kids, as long as provided their parents sign a waiver, because it's only foam on Wednesdays. Right. So we let we let them come and, you know, goof off and, you know, make sure their parents know that, what if anything happens to them, it's not our fault. <laughs> you let them come play dodgeball. Yep, you know what you, you know what they're getting. You let them get into. Yeah. So that's cool. So I, some person's okay. dad that comes and he plays with us. He's like, hit him, hit him real good. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that before. Like I've done I've done some youth programs back in my day and. It's like they use it as as incentive to punish their kids if they don't behave, they can't play dodgeball. Works like the charm they say, or you have like that occasional like dads like yeah, uh, rough them up like like get them yeah. And it's like okay, dad, like don't hit them as hard as you can, but teach them a lesson. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean that, that's that's kind of I feel like that's how parenting should be. You should be a little rough on your kids and let them learn life. Um, that's not always protective and learn learn how to take a hit. Segway, whole another podcast, but um, yeah. So to answer Serge's question, yes, it has definitely left a lasting legacy. How much? Kind of hard to to quantify that, but if yeah. it's still feeding you guys people a year, two years after its uh, final tournament, then that's definitely saying a lot. And I'm sure um, 
if probably took a poll, you know, across all the dodgeball players. I mean, imagine a lot of them up in the north would say yes, I played in in Nada at some point or other. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so this is a good question. This is one I kind of danced around, but I was waiting for this one to come up. Um, so outside of um, NCDA, the NDL, DWCs, Elite, whatnots, was there any marquee tournaments that the North had other than Nada? Uh, honestly, the uh, Detroit Cup awesome. was probably mm-hmm. the biggest one. It was consistently 60-plus teams, uh, ranging from like all over the Midwest and Canada, mm-hmm. uh, just coming into Detroit, well, just outside of Detroit, um, and uh, just wailing on each other for nothing. It was for pride. There was no prize yeah. money. There was no real prize other than, like, I think you might have gotten medals. That's but... awesome. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't much, but it was it was great. I really liked that tournament. It was it was so much fun, and it's it it was really sad to see it go. Yeah, what uh, I think that's kind of the next question. Yeah, so we'll we'll, <clears throat> we'll get into some of the, like the the fun like if you guys want to preemptively pick a fun memory from each one, or for either of you, both of you. Um, what mm-hmm. what about the Detroit Cup was was fun? Like why um, like what was the, if you can give me like a quick was it foam was it rubber. Six. It was eight six. inch, eight inch foam. Eight inch foam. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, uh, Felix, if you want to go ahead and give your fondest memory of it, real quick. <laughs> I have, I have, I have a, a G-rated answer, and then I also have a PG thirteen answer. So uh, the G-rated answer, I really liked it because it was one of the few tournaments that I attended where I didn't have to do anything. Uh, we didn't have to ref. I didn't have to like help run anything. It was just show up and play. I really, really liked that. Um, they had they had volunteer referees nice. who like admittedly weren't the best referees, but they were people there who can tell you whether somebody got hit with a ball or not. Hmm. Um, and so I really liked that aspect that it was truly a tournament we could just show up at, play, and that's all we had to worry about. Uh, the PG thirteen answer. My, my first year we went there, it was the first time like anybody on my team had ever touched a foam ball. And we, <laughs> we got trashed. We were, uh, we were completely destroyed. I think we were like, oh, and eight at the very like beginning. And so we had like a four game break. We're like, all right, that's going to be like 40 minutes. Let's go get drunk in the parking lot. So we went out to the parking lot with um, one of the Canadian teams and we just had a drink off, and it was wonderful. <laughs> Came back into the gym, uh, completely sloshed on Budweiser or whatever we were drinking at the time. And I was, like, browning out and trying to play foam dodgeball. It just wasn't working out very well for me. But um, Wes Peters, we were playing his team, and I threw a ball, and... I forgot to let go of the ball, but my forward momentum just carried me forward in a drunken stupor, and I fell flat on my face. And I just looked up at, at Wes <laughs> Peters, who was winding up to throw at me. I just said, please don't. <laughs> um, and then he, you know, being Wes, he threw anyways, and somehow the ball just stuck between my ankles um, until I caught the ball. And that was you know, my fondest memory, drunkenly catching Wes Peters after begging him not to throw at me. That's karma, <laughs> man. That's karma showing Wes, hey, you should have taken some mercy on, on poor Felix here. <laughs> yeah, right? That's funny. Um, 
Oh man, I forgot it. Somebody, we were talking about your catching skills, Felix, about how like you've caught three maybe in your entire life, and none of them were on purpose. And somebody said, "Yep, balls catch you." That's what it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't catch them; they catch you. Yeah, I think Heather Glitter yep. Brett said that. That was awesome. Um, man, I was wondering how how do you get trashed in forty five minutes, man? Jeez, but oh, you, know, you drink a lot. You, just slam. you each kill a six pack. You're good. Oh yeah, I guess I'll do it. Oh, man. <laughs> especially on no food and all day sweating. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 45 minutes. Is, there. That's probably par for the yeah. course. So yeah, um, Devin, I think yeah. my, like well, the best part about it for me was like one, it was probably the most well-organized part, the most well-organized tournament um, that you could go to. They had everything timed and like to a T, but also like uh, I got one and like one fond memory from playing and one fond memory from being on the sidelines. Uh, when I was playing, uh, we we're in the championships uh, like super best friends was the team I'd always take there. And we consistently got second hmm. every year that we went except for two years. But one of the times we're in the championships against uh Powell right in the kisser and me and uh, I think it was uh, Mike LASIK LASIK. I want to say his name is, I, I haven't talked to him in a while. We wind up on each other, both throw hit each other in the face, walk directly at each other. The ref thinks we're going to throw fists. We high five, walk off the court. <laughs> and the ref was like that was awesome <laughs> and we just walked <laughs> off the court um and then when we weren't when we weren't playing there was like the tournament just started i'm walking up to the courts with uh benny ramirez <laughs> everyone Two knows scoops, that right? they love to hate him and uh uh we were walking up to as we were about to, we were gonna play soon and a ball came and like i see it on my peripheral and it's one of those th like shots that's coming about crotch height so your body reacts to throw a knee i threw my knee up, hit Benny's Gatorade bottle out of his hand, right in front of his junk. The ball came in and crashed his his big Gatorade bottle right into his nuts. <laughs> and he went down for a solid 10 minutes Perfect. swearing at me. And I went down for 20 minutes laughing. laughing. <laughs> He's like, you're a piece of <laughs> I was like, I, did, I couldn't plan that if I tried. <laughs> this perfectly like, landed, not on purpose. Couldn't do this if I wanted to, but it's funny. I'm going to laugh at you all the same. Oh, yeah. Man. He was so mad, and I was dying. <laughs> this is this is Benny Two Scoops Ramirez, right? Yes. Two Scoops, because I guess he would catch two balls at the line or something. No, he... Uh, <laughs> two Scoops comes oh God, from be. Raisin Bran. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, please let it be like PG-rated, but uh, let's see it. Go ahead. No, it is... No, it, it's just so... His uh, when his dad was around, uh, they always talked about like tattoos and stuff. And his dad was talking about like I think one of them was like the only tattoo he'd ever get is raise uh, uh, the big raisin brand son on his on his ribs because it's two scoops of fun. Oh Jesus! So he started <laughs> throwing that into his like he started talking about doing that, but getting raisin brand crunch because it's a scoop of raisins and a scoop of crunch, and then he just added it into his name so and then it was like because i think the other like one of its sayings was what you know about two scoops so he would yell that at people <laughs> so it was, just, it was his thing it was just it was yeah. one of his things yeah okay. it was it came from raisin brand because of something he and his dad used to you know joke about that's fair yeah i've, I've only heard the name um i think i've seen him once in person during one of the elite nationals but uh this you is probably funny. heard him yelling Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember the loudest like this, person in the north. This, like, <laughs> From Arizona, you could probably hear him. Like he had like this kind of weird yell. <laughs> yes. <right>? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. 
I, I've experienced uh, Benny T. Scoops then. Um, <laughs> I was like, what is that sound? And I look and I see him like, is that what he's known for? Like, I don't see, there's no two scoops. Someone driving a, <laughs> yeah. a race car through the gym right now. It's like, what is happening? But uh, that's, that's one mystery solved. Um, he he once live streamed him uh, eating a big burger at like, at some restaurant. And I was like, this is stupid. And I watched the whole damn thing for 45 minutes. <laughs> well, I'm going to watch the entire thing. <laughs> of him just eating a burger and talking through it. I was like, what? After it was over, I was like, why? Why did I do this to myself? <laughs> He's just genuinely entertaining. Like you, you get drawn. He's got like a, like you're drawn to his personality. And then like, he's so honest. Sometimes people love to hate on that. And he's like, I'm oh, yeah. just trying to be real right now. <laughs> oh man. Does he, does he still play? Is he still active? He, in the dodgeball uh, he plays when he can. Uh, right now he's, he's doing what he has to for his family. He's taking care of his grandma. Who's, uh, who's ill. So he does, he plays when he gets the chance, but right now it's, it's responsibility. Uh, work and responsibility. Yeah. Gotcha. Can't fault anybody for that. Mm-hmm. Um, before we move off from the Detroit Cup, though, so it was it was big eight point five foam ball. Um, who who did it? Like who was responsible for this? It was just a church. Uh, really? th- yeah, it was a church group that they they I think they did it for about fifteen or not fifteen. It was like maybe five ten years. Yeah, um, like that, yeah. They hosted it and like it was you know all for you know charity and they raised a crap load of money every year because they got all these teams signing up for it. They had raffles. They had mm-hmm. t-shirts for sale. They had like so pizza you out. could buy. Like they had like Domino's deliver like a hundred pizzas and they'd sell the slices for like a dollar or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they raised a bunch of money. And the, the reason it went down is they would just like, after one of the years, like when it was getting almost time, they're like, Hey, uh, so we raised a lot of money over the past few years and we're done. And we're like, wait, what? Yep. <laughs> No, no, no! Come back. We need they this. just called it quits. It was really sad. Yeah, it's they're like, bad. not that it's not a success every year, not that we don't love it. We're just done hosting it. We're oh. like, oh, okay. Somebody bring it back. That is, uh, I mean, good, good on them that they accomplished a mission. Like you, you hate like there was a huge fight, or there's like a reason, like a negative reason for them to stop doing that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I the Things only the way course, like I, I could, like they tried. I think Tony and like Paul. Um, uh, Paul, I can't remember his le- last name for the life of me. Thank you. <laughs> Blanking on it. Uh, they were, they tried to do something like that with like, you know, the Grand Rapids open, but they don't, they don't have the outreach to every, you know, person that would come to the, you know, Detroit cup right. every year. And I also think they were also dead set on getting, you know, actual, like more like serious dodgeball players coming. So mm-hmm. they had, you know, they obviously had pinch and then they were running like combo eight inch, seven inch foam, you know, uh, divisions. And it just, they didn't have the outreach for, you know, the huge spectacle that made it what it was. And people didn't want to travel for rubber or two divisions. Cause what the Detroit cup was, was it was like a 10, 12 hour day of playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how long it took. So they just didn't have the time for it or they didn't have like the means to do it. I don't think. Gotcha. And actually, so that was a good question. What what was the mix? Was it like four or five really good teams and then the rest were just there to have fun or? No, it was like, there was probably a solid like 20 or 30 really good teams. And there were, uh, they did, so they did pool seating. So for round robin, you were in a pool and you played only those teams in your pool for the first couple hours. 
and then only like the top two or three teams uh i think it was like top like the first year i went it was like top four teams made it out of the pool and the yeah. other four teams didn't make it so and my first year we got seated with western springs dodgeball which is the current like it was like a combination of what rogue is uh rogue was and uh and task force mm-hmm. uh we had pal right in the kisser which was uh T- western springs was like the reigning champions pal had taken second like every year to them uh and fluorescence who beat uh who beat pal and uh like task force unicorn in like the 15k dodgeball tournament that was hoping for uh hosted for like the like national whatever uh one of the dodgeball associations that had like big money tournaments and mm-hmm. so we get seated there like this random nobody team like this is the death pool and we ended up like we lost a pow in western springs but we walked on fluorescence so people started watching us <laughs> and they're like oh <laughs> but then it got it got bigger and like more pop like more popular and like you'd be fighting to get out of your division like it'd be a matter of like three or four points between the top teams so yeah it was it was a good mix my last year um i think doom came out uh the last year that they hosted and there were several people there wearing the the team usa jackets that they had at the time mm-hmm. um and so it was it was a good mix of people there was also like just you know the trash local teams that are from that church those poor people didn't know what they were signing up for <laughs> um, yeah but, but they signed up for it every year <laughs> yeah hmm. Gotcha. So, I mean, it was, it was a good, like you weren't going to walk in there and just steamroll everybody and play maybe one no. real game of dodgeball. It was, you're, you're no, going to get you your... got like, you got a lot of fluff games, but then you also got a lot of really good games out of it yeah, as nice. well. Well, let's say hopefully we see something like that come back, but I mean, I feel like we're still, cause back in the day, you know, if, if a big organization had something and they dropped, like you felt that, like it was like, dang like mm-hmm. that's one less dodgeball thing that we're gonna have to look forward to but now it's with the exception of everything that's going on of course you know we're looking at 2020 with a lot of dodgeball coming our way so yeah definitely um this is a really good question from sergio so he asks um outside of pinch what can you say makes a north uh former midwest region unique from other regions so what niche do you probably hold that no other region can take from you i don't i don't know too much about the other regions to be honest um but I feel like a lot of the North teams actually like each other, like personality wise. I don't feel like there's a, there's a lot of like drama and stuff that I hear in, in the other division or the other regions. Um, but but I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Devin, do you have any ideas? Uh, I mean, one, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of us, at least from, you know, our area loved, uh, we loved eight inch foam. Uh, it was, I think it was, uh, it made, it made like foam a little bit more challenging because it wasn't just, it wasn't just throw your arm out. There were ways to like grip the ball a little bit to make it fly different. It was it was like finesse over power, finesse and precision over power. Hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. like sometimes you feel with like rubber or seven inch foam, it's power overall. So like you're just trying to overpower them rather than like you know throw a ball that's gonna knuckle and like you know get around their block or you know go off their block and hit them in the shoe or. Right. Uh, that was that's something that we uh at least in my area really enjoy um and yeah definitely like there's a lot of camaraderie in the north like you'll get teams that'll just be like hey like let's just make a ra- a couple random teams for this tournament or like you know it it is a lot of like after after a tournament there's no hard feelings and we're all just 
going to go have a beer or eat a crap load of food. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, we'll talk we'll to each other, but that's because it's who we are. <laughs> right, but it's not and like... It's never, you know, malicious in intent. Yeah. And I don't know, we like to have fun, too. Uh, I remember refing a game uh, for, for your team, Devin, oh, where yeah. everybody's... Oh, yeah. Team? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody decided to do a suicide right at the beginning of the, the, or walk the game. The yep. And then Devin was just left by himself on the court with no balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they and, did. I was the original one that got it. Like what Thieves did to Glenn at Nationals happened to me at round oh, one okay. because I made my team play pinch. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun. Hmm. I don't know. We just we, we have a lot of fun, and again, I can't speak to the other regions, but um, I, I don't. I, I hear things about about the other regions being very yeah. chatty or um, dramatic. Yeah, I just remember my team telling me they went up. They were like, "Who's gonna? What refs will be down to do this?" Gamecocks. Let's go talk to Felix. <laughs> <laughs> and you were instantly on board. Oh yeah, for sure. I want to know if I want to get in trouble here by saying what I think. I'll just start with when I think when I think of the North. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Steve's gonna get himself in trouble. Let's go for it. Um, I think when I think of North, I think you guys are a little bit tougher, uh, just because you've got the whole pinch thing going on, um, and you guys are just psychotic monsters like that. (laughs) And then hearing you guys talk about like y'all actually like each other and there's a lot of camaraderie. um, From what I've seen, yeah, I, I I don't really. Again, my bias is the West, um, plus what I kind of pick up on just interviewing people and, and having these panel discussions and recaps and whatnot. But it seems like that is true. And so me being the big nerd that I am was just thinking like, oh, the North, like as in Game of Thrones, like the Northmen were very, the houses were for a point for a while, very loyal. And they were just known as being tougher and they had their own little weird, you know, practices and whatnot, which would be pinching your guys's uh, um, mm. niche, I guess, as, as Sergio put it. So. And then here on the West, Caster Lee, we're like, we all just, you know, we're all just, we're powerful, but we all hate each other. So I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I, I think Tyler, the Tyler Greer, he did it for the Tribune two years ago. He did like a Game of Thrones, like opening, but he did it to the tune of like the dodgeball teams. Like that was really cool. And that I've never seen the world differently ever since then. So thanks for that. Tyler. <laughs> um. I've never seen Game of Thrones, so I don't get the reference, but I, I respect your, it's your a, uh, analysis. It's one of the I've highest. I've seen very little of it, so oh, I'm you... kind of in the same boat, but like... I've had so many people like <laughs> discuss it around me. I'm like, yes, swords and porn. <laughs> That's right, what well, Game of Thrones <laughs> You guys are now the equivalent to the phrase, so I'll just leave it at that. For anybody that's actually Perfect. a throny, you'd be like, oh, that was the sickest disc you could throw. I, I will say uh, another niche that the North has. Um, we are not as agile as a, as a bunch. Whenever I play an East Coast team, it's like, why are they jumping like up in the air and like, but like in a graceful way? I feel like in the North, a lot of people have concrete in their shoes, and it's just like I'm either gonna get hit or catch it. I feel it's like I feel like that is because we have a lot of players that are above the age of 28, That's <laughs> so <fair>. <laughs> <laughs> so they're starting to get the knee issues. Yeah, like, we got miles on Kaiju. He's about the only person that can spring around like a madman anymore. Yeah, I just <laughs> we Northmen are not a graceful bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Theories, um, 
it's colder up there. So I don't know, harder on the joints versus out here in the desert yeah. where I feel like yeah. I can still do things I could do 10 years ago because of the heat. But put me out in the east or the south and I'll swell up like crazy and actually feel my age. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was a, uh, that's one of the things I wanted to ask the ball out guys. It's like, do you, is there like abilities to train and abilities to play based on your region? So like here in the, in the West, especially in the South, the desert, the weather's always perfect. So we have no excuse not to be in shape, but even Brett was talking about like how it's freezing cold outside. He's working out of his home gym and like just gripping the barbell, like would hurt his hands. And that's where I was like, yeah, these are tough dudes um, to have to go through that. So segue, but, or tangent rather, but um, coming back to another question for Sergio, um, we can just kind of rapid fire this one. What were your favorite jerseys from the past that you swapped with or bought off another player from the past? Um, assuming this was a tradition back in the day. So I guess drawing from, I guess you can't really say NDL, but did you guys ever swap jerseys uh, from your former teams? Actually, um, is that a thing, Felix, in the NCDA? Do you guys trade shirts? No, or? A, a lot of schools own the jerseys. Um, so, so like a to. lot of schools, you, you, you purchase the, the jerseys from the school, like from the school's budget. And then at the end of the year, you have to turn the jerseys back in. So like, um, I have all of my jerseys from Western Kentucky, but that's because I, I purchased them from the school. But like, I don't know of any other WKU alumni that, that did that because it was a long process. You had to like get approval and then you had to pay like extra in royalties because it had the WKU logo on it. It was like this whole process, but I, hmm. I don't know. Um, so it's not really a big tradition. Um, I actually just bought my first jersey from another team, um, like recently. Um, I I never really saw the point in it, to be honest, because it's like when, when am I gonna wear this jersey? Um, I don't wear jerseys to practice, and then if I'm playing i'm gonna be wearing my jersey i just never saw the the appeal to it and i know that like people like tyler underwood are like going crazy right now jersey um, hunting yeah but i just i personally never really saw value in it um but the jersey i bought was from the french team uh the the rogue cox um because <laughs> so, i figured that's you know we should do that yeah so, you gotta have um, that yeah, so they're the the Red Roosters is what their name translates to, but uh, I bought one of their jerseys. Um, but it's it's pretty cool, I guess. Gotcha. Uh, uh, yeah. How about you, Devin? I mean, we still would do it. Uh, I'll still, you know, if I really like the jersey, I'll I'll buy one. Um, I think the my favorite one that I've purchased so uh, of the past couple of years was uh, uh, last time UDC was held. Um, uh, Cat had a uh, had a team for the women's division called fierce and her jersey design was phenomenal so i definitely bought one of those and i am the only person that did not play on the team that has my name on the back <laughs> of that jersey <laughs> because she nice. said that she would sell the jerseys but you had to get a player's name on them like an actual player player name on it probably one of my favorite ones from the past um uh so for Detroit Cup, one of our teams was one of the teams that our friends went as was Teenage Mutant Ninja Squirtles, and they I had that team. a bunch of like Squirtles with Ninja Turtle bandanas on. So I bought one of those, <laughs> and I actually wore it the other day just cleaning around the house. <laughs> Fair. I, I buy a lot of T-shirts from teams. 
Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think I've ever, like I said, the Jersey, I, I can't justify spending 50 bucks on a Jersey. Yeah. I'll do them if they're like, you know, like a $20, like not like super, super detailed yeah. printed one. Yeah. I have, I have a t-shirt from most schools in the NCDA. Um, yeah. They're definitely my my favorite shirts. Like Virginia Commonwealth University, I wear that shirt a lot. It is so comfortable. It's a very neutral gray, which is yeah. my style. So, <laughs> we also did a a, shirt, a a team T-shirt one time. We did a mock-up of it that I have the copy of. Uh, we we we're gonna go to a team called as the Bro Busters because we wanted to <laughs> be like the team that just went and like all the teams that were just like just bros. super like Bleh! like we wanted yeah. to just destroy them and make them feel bad. So we have it's basically a Ghostbusters logo, but it's like a white dude with like a faux hawk and like an upturned visor with like a barbell and a water bottle in his hands and a polo shirt. <laughs> and I have that shirt. It's probably one that of the is, best shirts I have, and it's super comfy. That's actually really cool. The Brobusters. I there is something so just pure and fun and exciting about grabbing, you know, a squad of like five or six dudes. Um, or co-ed women too, and playing in a tournament where you know it's going to be like Scottsdale here, like the capital, douchebag capital of the world, and playing in their drunken tournaments and just murdering people and just seeing how frustrated these guys who can't even like touch their elbows uh, get because they're losing to a bunch of scrawny nerds. Um, God, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to have gone in as a bro buster with that, you know, if I had the foresight to name a team that, um, that would have been perfect. But. Yeah, it was it was a it was super fun and just like just people like Brobusters, what? You'll get it. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. Um, I used to say the word bro a lot just to make fun of them, but now I say bro all the time and I, I hate myself. I just, right. <laughs> I just wonder if any of you guys have that problem too. Like, does that ever happen where you're just like, oh, I was gonna say bro, make fun I, of people, and now it's part of your vocabulary. Dope, dope for me. Yeah. I I make fun of a lot of phrases and then I end up using them with my friends ironically and then I can't stop using them. Yeah. I never use them on the court, but I'm just like I say it I'm like I hate myself. <laughs> I do that all the time. Why do you I said dope that? in a in a work meeting the other day. I was like <laughs> bleeding over into my professional life. There's no way for Damn me. Damn my vernacular. <laughs> I can say uh a friend of mine as as a joke used to say tight um like <laughs> like like just picture like the the whitest kid you could possibly think of like the the most vanilla straight shooter airman guy and he's, he would just be like hey night a oh glenn. Uh, like, <laughs> glenn like uh this guy would make glenn look edgy like that that's how <clears throat> oh wow that's how white this kid was and i love this guy like oh, Dylan was, got yeah. it <laughs> maybe uh, i'd have to yeah speak if to i ever more. heard him use any of the that most phrases i'd be like what like, you're a father <laughs> you stop that <laughs> yeah he'd just be like yeah blah 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 he's all tight and then i'd start doing that and i do that now still to this day like 10 years after the fact and i'm just like i i don't know why i'm the way i am <laughs> uh let's see justin bosch says love the idea of og pods from each region that is so ironic because he's actually taking it upon himself to actually host some of the East and um, venturing out into other regions as well to kind of help me tag team the podcast, which is awesome. Seeing how far this comment has gone. Um, Also hilarious because, you know, it's a year later and we're just now doing part two. So, 
But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, since then we've had North East and uh, be working on women's OG and then um, probably doing South at some point. Uh, I know just Joseph Kinkarini is looking into that. We'll be going too far, obviously, but uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. So I think I forgot whose idea this was originally. It might have been Surge's, but it is it's been fun. Um, kind of address this one. In the previous episode, Dominic, he had asked, was there dodgeball before the movie? There was. Um, and if you listen to part one of the West or part one of North, um, you'll hear how just insane it was back then and just that it did exist. Um, this will be a fun one. Um, Joe DeFuria asked, who is the guy or girl from the North? So let's just do both. So who is the guy and girl from the North? Uh, I don't know what that question means. <laughs> I mean, it... The word the is who, capitalized, who was the so face? who is the guy? Uh, for a long time, I think it was Glenn, uh, yeah. but now he's a little a little West boy. Um, so I think um, it would have to be, I want to say, like, Nico or, like, I mean, it depends on where, where you're talking about. Like, you got Nico, who's, like, a constant, you know, people are talking about him. You got Miles, who is just always out there in the community, like, helping, doing fitness stuff. And then you got, like, Felix, who's helping out all the time. And then Bailey, who's just really fun to make fun of. So we have a lot of guys. I, yeah, I would say I would say Bailey, honestly. Yeah. Um, he's, just, he's out there. He does a lot. But also, I think everyone understands that it's okay to make fun of him. Um, yeah, Kevin that Bailey, really right? kind of brings the community together. Yeah, Kevin Bailey. Okay. Yeah, and then like the girl, um, when she was playing, I think Kat was like really well known. She still is really well known. Mm -hmm. They're constantly asking her for stuff, and she's like, "I have to work." <laughs> but yeah. currently, it's probably Paige. Um, yeah. She is like she, the MVP of Worlds for for the women's team, women's US, and like there's a reason for that. Like <laughs> she's she's a monster who is co like constantly will just like say she's not as good as she is, but then do amazing stuff. Yeah. Just yeah, make the play. That she did. Enemy and I hate her. I feel she sorry for you. That is, you, you could do. That's a bad mortal en enemy. Paige is a monster. And, uh, I, I, I hate her so much. And, like, I don't, <laughs> I want her to never play dodgeball ever again against me because every <laughs> single time she gets me on the toe every single time. I could jump in the air, block a ball in front of my toe. Somehow she will get it. She knows that she's our mortal enemy and that we have beef. <laughs> you got the beef. Yeah. USA, was it US page? Hashtag US page. Like, yeah. yeah. That, that pretty much qualifies you as the girl anywhere you want in the US. So, mm hmm. Obviously, again, especially is... coming back from that broken foot from yeah. Nationals where she broke her foot and finished the series. Finished the series. Yeah. Like, that was crazy. Yep. Paige yeah. is something else. Um, that's to, to put it lightly. And if you ever want to learn more about Paige, for whatever reason, uh, she's probably like episode eight or nine of the last season. So actually two seasons ago. Just saying. Um, it'd be crazy to talk to her now after the fact, see how much has changed since then. But um, Felix, how about you? Who was uh, Who is the guy slash gal from the North? I, w I would agree with with uh, what Devin said. I think uh, I think it's it was Glenn. Now it's it's probably Kevin Bailey or or Nico. Um they're always in the the spotlight. Um you know you know also uh Eric Stone. 
he was he was a big deal for a while um, oh yeah i think I, I don't know what that's gonna be like now that the boosh is is no longer a thing i don't know if he's gonna i guess i don't, I don't say like i don't mean this rude but like stay relevant in the north if he's not going to be playing as much um but it would be interesting to see because Eric, not not only just kind of like a, a good dude, but but very talented player, and he just kind of has like a a very recognizable face, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Paige, obviously for the the woman in the north, um, but Becca Chappelle is not not too far on her. Yeah, heels. she's she's climbing too. That's who I was gonna yeah. pick for mine, just because Paige is back to, back to the arizona where she belongs now so yeah oh yeah, yeah she's moving back <laughs> all right so it's it's becca then yeah good page is gone oh thank you. all right i'm gonna send her a text and say good riddance <laughs> <laughs> well she might still be there because of covid so i mean wait till she's actually touched ground here in arizona at least she uh pay you a visit later um eric yeah. stone he he reminds me of um h john benjamin had him on the podcast a few times and that sultry voice man Mm-hmm. he's good to talk to you um got a couple more uh actually i think it's just one more um and that is what do you think it'll take to grow the north so this is from miles gardner leagues women more tournaments more variety and doll- ball types does he say grow more women players or just it's going to take women to get more dodgeball i think he wants to know like it you know, just in general, like what it's going to take to, you know, get a bigger variety of players as well as get more women, I think, and mm-hmm. maybe like get more, more leagues and more tournaments. Um, but the only thing is going to be, you know, someone or multiple people are going to have to invest the time and money in, you know, making the leagues and putting the tournaments together and, you know, making it accessible to people. And right now, like, a lot of us don't have the money or the time like we have you know the few of us that are you know working you know all of us are trying to work full time Mm -hmm. uh and you know put in as much hours playing as we can you know in the leagues that are still going or the open gyms but it's going to come down to time and money which some of us don't have (laughs) so like someone's going to have to invest the time to do it it's just no one no one's able to or has the drive to do it right now i think uh the variety of ball types will help um (laughs) For for the North round one, we had we had a couple teams that were brand new, and I reached out to them. I was like, "Why are you guys playing?" It's like, "Oh, because you guys are playing foam now." Oh, okay. So you're just waiting on the opportunity to play foam. Got it. Makes sense. Yeah. Um. So I think a variety of ball type will definitely help, especially with Premier. But I mean, we'll see. Um, I think upping the the female requirement for coed, I think that is going to help in the long run in the like it's gonna hurt for a while but yeah yeah in the immediate future it's definitely gonna hurt um but i think like once some of the guys who have been playing for a long time they'll eventually be able to convince their their significant others to give it a shot at least for one tournament um and then some of those those women are gonna fall in love with the sport and others are never gonna play again and that's totally okay i mean it's just like with anything it's gonna be a lot of trial and error Right. Uh, but yeah. I think that, that this, these new gender requirements will help in the long run. And I can't emphasize in the long run enough. Yeah, not long run as in by round four, we'll have everything we need. Or by next year, it's, oh. <laughs> it's, it's going to take some time. We need this. Yeah. 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 
I feel like that's probably the biggest thing is people don't think about the long run. They don't think about like the health of the actual dodgeball sport. They just think about how it impacts me immediately. And you know, the two or three seasons that I could see happening, but it, it takes, I mean, look at how far we've come in, in since 2004. I mean, we wanted what we have now, you know, in 2007, 2008, that, that was to Ed's credit, you know, that, that was a lot of stuff that he took a lot of flack for. That wasn't really his fault. You're trying mm-hmm. to, you're trying to create something out of nothing, which he did a good job of riding the movie wave. You're trying to get it to the point where, you know, we have regional tournaments and we have all these big things. Um, people just wanted it now, now, now. And I was just as guilty of that, but it takes time. And you mm-hmm. look at, even when it elite started, learned all the mistakes from, from the NDL and had a lot of help in buying, but that still took a couple of years before it really took off. I mean, 2016 is probably when, um, Elite was really just like, okay, this is for sure the thing now. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. And even so, they still had a, had to learn and grow because of the, you know, you know, refs and, you know, people not refing mm-hmm. and this and that, like trying to make it, make it well run, but also at the same time, make sure people are doing what they're supposed to do while they're there. So like, it's always yeah. going to be constantly evolving. Yep. It, it's just tough sometimes and some regions or cities will, you know, make it happen and some won't like <laughs> Yeah. It sucks, but it's the it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, and like like what you said earlier, I think it was you, Felix, about how people just, I mean, we don't get paid for this. This is all done on our spare time. And yep. I remember talking to you, um, I guess we won't really say what of, but I remember you you just mentioned like yeah. it was like Sunday, it was your day off, and you're still cranking through the stuff that you're volunteering for. And it's just like, yeah, you got to fit what you can knowing that you still have to take care of your responsibilities, still have to work, still have to do all these other things. Um, so that, that alone is going to be one of the, the, I don't say like the hardships, one of the obstacles you got to overcome. Like it's, we just, people have to step up. Yep. So, um, I think that's all I have. And that being said, uh, before we wrap up, I'm going to do the, well, actually, no, I guess we might as well just get out. So, uh, real quick, Devin team pizza or team taco. I am team pizza. <laughs> you can never not eat a pizza. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Felix? What are you? I forgot what we. Pizza. pizza. Pizza for sure. Good pizza. Tacos are fine, but you know. What's your favorite style of pizza? Oh, just. I mean, mostly whatever I can get my teeth into, but I. I like, you know, traditional, like, thin crust, but I do enjoy the deep dish Chicago style on occasion. <laughs> I like uh, can't eat Detroit that every day. style. Detroit no, style deep no. dish is, all, is also really good, yeah. Yeah. I just am a fan of pizza in general. I will eat it if it's put in front of my face. Yeah, pizza so Yeah, good. definitely. <laughs> going to fight the urge to, to get that for dinner tonight. Um, well, so that was the 2019 question. The 2020 not so much question anymore as just a, a good old Austin Deeks dad joke. And I don't think you guys have seen this one based on the reactions yet. So it says Finland has just closed their borders. No one will be crossing the finish line. Ha ha. Yep. Nice. Uh, please keep these coming. Austin. These are, these are great, but uh, I think that's all I have. I mean, kind of covered some ground went a little bit back and forth between um, 2009 to 2015 um when we do part three which will definitely not be a year from now um <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll probably bring on for sure tony stumpo we'll see if glenn wants to come back maybe we can get cat and yeah. um 
yeah, we'll just go from there. So I think what we'll do is just uh, go ahead and the interview here. All right, so that was uh, part two again, part two redo of the OG North Panel um, discussion with uh, with Felix and uh, Devin. And guys, thank you so much for being so flexible, um, especially with respect to my schedule. I know I put out some times where we could do this and then I'd had to, unfortunately, last minute postpone or reschedule. And uh, I know it's, it's probably really frustrating, especially when we're trying to wrangle in uh, four or five other individuals, but I appreciate the flexibility. Uh, sometimes just responsibility, especially with everything that's going on lately, uh, kicks in. But uh, nonetheless, we're able to to finally get this out again. And if I ever do find um, the actual recording that was supposed to be for episode 37 last year, I will definitely put it up there. Um, I'm not fully convinced that it's gone. I think it exists somewhere in the uh, in the cloud space, and I hope I can find it. But if not, this was a pretty good. Um, I want to say rehash, but just a good conversation anyway, in general. Um, anytime you can bring Felix or Devin on, it's, it's going to be a good time. And I, I really enjoyed myself, and it's a great way to kind of kick off um, this coming week. So I think I'll just leave it at that. Um, we'll definitely be doing part three uh, a lot sooner. Um, definitely want to spend some time now in the north. Uh, spend a lot of time in the east, so I want to even that out um, by bringing Sam Hutter on and then maybe doing uh, part three or who knows. Um I know that uh, Justin is actively working on something for the West as well, but um, per usual, I'm definitely open to suggestions. Uh, what I have listed on the uh, group page is kind of what I go off of, but if I get an idea that I really want to run with, I'll, I'll jump to that instead. But um, if you're still listening, thank you so much for doing so. As always, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Let's go from there. So I think what we'll do is just uh, go ahead and the interview here. And... Before we before we do that, can we all just agree <clears throat> that Tony Stumpo is just like the most disappointing human that exists right now? Uh, are you guys okay with with agreeing to that? I mean, I don't know the man. I'll allow it. <laughs> I mean, even if I voted against you two to one, but um, I'll just go ahead and say yes. I agree. I trust okay, your input, Felix. All right, perfect. Like, I mean. <sighs> What irks me most about Tony is he just he really just thinks he's above the law. So like he helps write this elite rule book, right? And it specifically it says leave the refs alone. You can catch Tony at any tournament talking to refs while they're trying to ref a game. It's just like, <laughs> dude, respect the game. He's he's just over there just jabbing in their ear, making jokes like Tony, come on, dude, leave me alone. I'm trying to do my job here. And he's just God, Tony is just such a big head. But whatever, dude. Is he an agent <laughs> of chaos? Is that what he is? He just writes rules under the guise of i'm orderly but then he just goes and just does whatever he wants yeah it's mm. just it's ridiculous he just he just he thinks he's above the law and i just i'm really sick of it i just i think we should all take a stand against stumpo um stand against stand hashtag against stand against stumpo 2020 <laughs> yep it's it's ironic because when we when i rescheduled on you guys for like the third time i'm so sorry about that he said i will participate on sunday but only in protest and i think i understood what he meant by that and that's by yeah. saying he's gonna do it and then not showing up so well played mm -hmm. tony <laughs> i teased on the uh because i sometimes I'll do like the release notes and recording dates of when i think i'm gonna be organized before life says no just kidding and I do have an evening with Tony Stumpo on there, and I think he's been waiting on that. So 
Felix, <laughs> what am I what am I getting myself into? Do I do I really want to have an evening with Tony Stumpo? It'll be interesting. He's going to talk a lot, and it's not really going to make sense. And then he's going to start talking about his alien abduction story. But like, oh what? Just, just be prepared for that. I'm. Oh man. Okay, so those things creep me the freak out. I'm so terrified of little gray aliens, man. It is like. I cannot explain this fear, so part of me is looking forward to that. The other part of me, like my hair is literally on my freaking arm right now. So like, <laughs> I might have a nightmare. Yeah. No, don't worry. It's it sounds made up because it probably is. I hope so to God just... it is, because good God, those things. Uh, if when yeah. you have your evening with Tony Stumpo, ask him about the first ever backyard dodgeball tournament he came to out in the out in Chicago with us. Ask him uh, how many beers he drank and how inebriated he got. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm already starting the outline for this. So, <laughs> did he, Devin? When he got when he got really drunk, did he just go on an endless rant about how he wishes he could have more power in dodgeball? Uh, he went on and was challenging Glenn to a pinch one v one showdown on my block. Perfect. And Mark Trapetti was like, "Tony, I love you." stop it and he's like you take <laughs> shots from glenn he's like yeah because i'm a masochist <laughs> i already got drunk at ncda nationals once and just he just would not shut up he's like i should be doing more but nobody will let me it's like that's because you cry all the time tony <sighs> that guy man <laughs> this this is gonna write itself um i will let you guys know when this is about to happen i definitely require your input um not even gonna ask oh, of course but uh i already have two <laughs> two points of discussion alien abduction story and challenging glenn for pinch uh 1v1 for power and uh that's gonna be fun yeah. and then uh make sure to get his reaction to the the gamecocks um our, our prank on dynasty and kraken last year at nationals where, where we convinced <laughs> everyone that we were doing something to their airbnb oh, oh that was great you uh i feel like you owe me something felix um i, I know, do i wish i, I, I could say that. i wish i could say i have this week in american dodgeball episode two locked and loaded but i'm just waiting on you and you're the reason why i've not released it nine months <laughs> after the fact but i can't but since i haven't if you do have that for me i would love to incorporate that and i might actually release it sooner so i've been sitting oh, on that God, thing yeah. for for some time so are you pranking someone on that episode? <laughs> well, no. So like no, he, no. we did that for like, he recounted the story of how they pranked Kevin singing happy birthday to him. And it was a really cool like segue just cause I, we're trying to do like a sports center esque, like, I don't want to say like homage, but like we want to do like highlights. We want to do like a build up, we want to do like a panel discussion, like a video version of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we have a segment where Felix just narrates this prank that he did to Kevin last year. And oh then my so, God. <laughs> with this one being the recap of this year, uh, of this year being 2019, um, Felix is going to do the same thing. Just explain what this year's prank was and hopefully make that like a tradition of some kind. Excellent. I like that. Yeah. 